Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday, uh, March 30th. Hey, we've got just one more day after today to uh, for the month of March. And then just think, the first quarter is gone of uh, 2021. I hope your week is off to a great start. Uh, we're at the very, very end of earnings season. Not a lot coming out today. But we do have a couple little earnings, that um, some household names that you'll recognize that uh, did report today. And so we'll talk about those and more here in just a few minutes as soon as Dave joins us. Hey, remember this, folks. The one thing, the only thing, the only thing that you can control in your portfolio is how much risk you have. And from what I've seen, most people don't know and understand how much risk they have in the current portfolio. That's why we developed the financial x-ray. Give us a call and let's look at your portfolio to see how it lines up with risk and your risk tolerance. Give us a call right now at 863 382-0037. We'd love to sit down with you, help coach you into and through retirement. Hey, Dave's coming up next. Looking forward to our conversation with uh, a little economic news we had this morning. Madge is there. It's uh, Madonna. We're at 840 now. It's 20 before 9. Check in and see what's going on with your money on Wall Street. It's one of those days in which, really, the news tickers are just not producing a whole lot of stuff. But still, interest rates, floating boats, they all affect your money, believe it or not. Let's go downtown to the offices of Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler standing by on the phone. How's that float your boat, Philip? Hey, I mean, it's, uh, hey, they did finally get the boat floating, which was a good thing because it's, uh, it's helping our oil prices dive down a little bit, uh, so that's that's some good news. You know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, we've been it's been more it, if unless you really follow what's on those big ships and how big they are, it's easy to approach as just kind of a lighter side thing. But one of the news tidbits I saw earlier this morning was that now they're expecting a toilet paper shortage because of that Suez Canal boat, because uh, so much of the toilet paper that Europe uses was on the boat. It's going to drain our supplies, so expect to run on toilet paper now, and thanks to a Suez Canal boat getting stuck on a sandbar. Talk about a ripple effect, huh? Dave, Dave, let's don't start that rumor, man. That'll be definitely, we'll have, a, we'll have another run on toilet paper. Yeah, they start rationing us at Wally World again. It's amazing. But yeah, that, that that the boat got unstuck yesterday. I was looking at an aerial view that a friend posted on Facebook, and it was so close to the south end of the canal. My gut instinct was, given what happened the first time out, I still think they should have towed the daggone thing out the south end and said, go around Africa. You're not welcome anymore. I mean, you would have thought they would have found the easiest way to get them out. But uh, yeah. But yeah, you, you, you got to consider how doggone big that boat was. That was a major expedition. I don't think anybody realizes just how low-tech the Suez Canal really is. It's been in existence now for, gosh, how long? It, it you know, It's not like we're talking about, uh, you know, dynamite dredging out 3,000 feet deep with brick and mortar on the sides. I mean, there's just sandbars on the side of that canal. It's the ultimate low-tech canal, and it's so doggone busy doubtful that they're going to do any high-tech improvements on it anytime soon either well it would be uh, maybe this will show some flaws and maybe they will uh, budget some time and and expense to maybe uh, make a few improvements to it 
It would make some sense uh, that, you know, believe it or not, that really is economic news of good news. And you uh, mentioned that uh, it really resulted in a substantial drop on the price of oil this morning because, well, a lot of oil goes through that. I mean, I'm showing my uh, crude oil being down by over a percent and a half off of the evening close yet this morning. It's uh, still higher than we'd like it to be, but it just kind of causes a ripple all the way through the economy from toilet paper to oil when we get one big ship unstuck from the canal. Well, it does, and that's some good news uh, for us and for gas prices because hopefully that's going to free up the supply, and uh, and we'll see maybe gas prices start to uh, shrink down a little bit more because I'm telling you, Dave, we're getting really, really close to $3 a gallon here. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun, and a stable oil price would at the very least allow the gas dealers on the retail side of the fence to not have to anticipate increases, and that really ends up driving our retail gas prices up, uncertainty as to what it's going to cost them to refill their tanks next week. If we had a stable crude price for a few weeks, we'd actually at the very least stabilize and maybe see a little bit of a drop. The other big story that's affecting the markets this morning, and maybe on a more immediate basis affecting the markets, is interest rates, because bond rates started climbing. I'm looking like eight and nine basis point increases on the 10 and the 30-year bonds, and kind of like we were going through last week, Philip, that's wreaking havoc, especially on the NASDAQ exchange, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about how the interest rates really affect the NASDAQ probably more than any of the other indexes, because... Those tech companies, uh, they have to borrow money. They're, you know, a lot of them, some of them aren't even producing much income. So it definitely affects that NASDAQ index more than the others. And, and we're seeing interest rates move up today. Um, actually, they're at a 14-month high earlier today at like 1.77%. We're off of that just a tad, but still, that's, uh, I mean, that's over a year that we've been below that number. Absolutely. It needs to be brought out that still 1.7% interest rates are not high in an absolute sense, but movement affects them more than the absolute level, and the movement is inexorably up at this point. Well, that, that's right. They continue to move up, and, um, and that's just putting pressure, I think, today probably on the NASDAQ, and that's why we're seeing it uh, sink a little bit more. Absolutely is. It does affect the Dow as well, because some of those big companies have bonds out, too, of course. And there are a couple of the high-flying tech stocks that are in the Dow 30. But NASDAQ tends to be bit a little bit more, probably the broader market indication. I'm looking at the S&P 500. Uh, still down this morning in the futures, but it's closer to flat, and that gives a little bit more neutral picture as far as how the interest rates are affecting the markets as a whole. It does. And so we continue to see, I mean, I, I haven't seen any green ink today um, across the board. I mean, from the time I got up about 430 this morning, it was uh, it was pretty much all red ink. And it's been at various degrees this morning, but uh, it's kind of at the higher end right now as from what I've seen, at least the NASDAQ is. Understood. And it's been herky-jerky. You can kind of tell the futures are getting driven on and off by uh, probably computer-driven trades based upon the interest rates, because there were some herky-jerky moves up and down overnight as the interest rates danced around to the futures market for the bonds as well. The other tidbit that's out there, and this is kind of interesting for people that have been following Bitcoin and all of the cryptocurrencies, one more step toward legitimately, the legitimacy, PayPal is now accepting Bitcoin as a payment method through PayPal. You know, I'd, a few years ago, you and I were making fun of, of that as being absolutely and positively a flyer, but 
all of a sudden it's starting to gain some legitimacy, isn't it? It is. Um, all cryptocurrencies really are starting to gain some legitimacy as we see uh, these big um, fund managers uh, start to put it into their portfolio. Um, and, and so that becomes acceptance uh, to the financial world that, uh, hey, look, if they're putting it into these portfolios, it must be something that we need to pay attention to. And so and I think that's going to drive a lot of the pricing right now is um, supply and demand. And there is a limited supply. And that's what people don't, I don't think, really understand about these cryptocurrencies, which is, is crazy to me, because if you can continue to produce them, I thought you just produce them forever. But you can't. There is a limited supply of how much you can produce. And so uh, that causes the price to go up and down. And it, it's interesting. And I kind of wonder, as it gains legitimacy, while it's still an incredibly volatile commodity on the uh, cryptocurrency markets, I'm wondering if that's going to add volatility to the equities markets. The rest of us with a little bit more modest portfolios look at as hedge funds and big investors end up trying to stabilize their own funds as Bitcoin goes up and down by wild swings. I'm kind of wondering if that's going to end up adding some additional volatility out of the equities markets as we find people making major shifts real quickly in order to uh, correct for the ups and downs of the Bitcoin market. Well, I don't know that we'll see people. I think that we'll see people sprinkle some uh, cryptocurrency into their portfolios. I don't know that we'll see it become a major part of anybody's portfolio because that would just be like having a single stock position, right? That's just not smart to do it that way. So I think we may see uh, portfolios, money managers start picking up one to maybe 5% of their total portfolio in cryptocurrency uh, going forward. But, um, you know, we still have to wait and see because as Bitcoin goes up, what's going to be the next one? Who's going to be the next player um, that that gets that kind of following behind it. Kumquat futures. <laughs> Is that what you're going you to start promoting that, Dave? <laughs> That's it. That's the market we'll make next. It's obviously a tidbit week as uh, based upon what we're talking about. We start getting some hard data starting tomorrow as we hit the 31st of the month. And uh, you've got on the schedule, we're actually going to see the ADP private employment figure tomorrow morning, aren't we? That's what my schedule says. We're going to have uh, ADP uh, employment report. We're going to have the uh, pending home sales index two reports uh, for the month of February uh, is supposed to report tomorrow too. So it'll be after we get done. It's like 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, um, but, but at least we'll have a few bits and pieces to talk about tomorrow. We do have, I mean, I know we're at the very, very end of earnings season, but we did have a couple companies that did report. Um, mm -hmm. and, and one of them really a, a household name, McCormick and company, the spice uh, manufacturer, they, uh, they beat by 13 cents a share, came in at like 72 cents a share. Uh, revenue beat as well. Uh, the company did put out their full year forecast. Um, and so they see, uh, they see things looking good as consumers are still at home, uh, using that time to experiment and cook and, and smoke and that kind of, I mean, I've been doing a lot of smoking. So, I mean, that's just the kind of thing it is, is and you try different spices on the meats to determine, you know, what's really going to work best for you. So they're trading up about 4.4% this morning uh, before we get going. And then the other one I have is FactSet. Now, FactSet, they're a financial information provider. A lot of the information we talk about here on the morning show is from FactSet. Uh, we get some information from them. So they did come out and beat by two cents a share. 
revenue was basically flat in line with expectations. And here's kind of a failing part for FactSet. They came out with their predicted full year adjusted earnings. And they say it's going to be somewhere between $10.75 a share to $11.15 a share. And that's low compared to what the estimate was from analysts. They expect it to be like $11.17 a share. Doesn't sound like a big miss, but still a miss. Now, they haven't started trading yet this morning, but they were down about a half a percent yesterday. One of these days, I'm going to ask you how the business model for FactSet actually making money is, because we don't pay for the stuff that we get. We pull it off the news ticker for what's expected. I would imagine that the companies pay some pretty big buck for getting rated by FactSet. Well, there's that and just researchers, right? The, the, the Morgan Stanley's, the Goldman Sachs, I mean, they have their own research, but a lot of that research is still provided by outside vendors. Um, and so FactSet is one of those outside vendors that, uh, that capitalizes on that research. All righty. Resetting the table for the morning. It was a, uh, an off day yesterday on Wall Street. Not a monster off day, but uh, it was still there. Down 79 on the NASDAQ, uh, up 98 on the Dow, and uh, just basically flat on the S&P. We we're talking about the interest rates, and I'm kind of seeing the beginning of it happening again this morning. How are we doing 45 minutes early, Philip? We still have red ink on everything, both sides of the coin. We've got red ink today, Dave. Uh, we got the Dow down uh, a little over a tenth of a percent. The S&P 500 is, uh, is down uh, about a third of a percent. And then the NASDAQ's down about three quarters of a percent. So everything's in the red this morning. And then we flip over to the commodity side of the coin. We've got silver taking a big hit this morning, down 2.6%. Gold's not too far behind it, down 1.9%. And then crude oil, down 1.6% to $60.57 a barrel right now, Dave. Wouldn't mind seeing it under 60, but seeing it going down is always a good thought. Interest rates we were noting earlier, so we'll mention them as well. 30-year Treasury bonds are up by about eight basis points. The 10s on my delayed quote are up by uh, nine basis points this morning, and that's what's wreaking havoc on those NASDAQ issues. Overseas markets, Asia generally up fractionally at the close this morning. Europe's kind of a mixed bag. Great Britain is off a little bit the south side of the zero mark. France and Germany are a little bit above the zero Mark, no great trend there halfway through the European trading day. We talk about interest rates causing big herky-jerky movements overnight. Unless you know where the risk is in your retirement portfolio, that can really cause a Maalox moment when you wake up in the morning. How do I cut back on my Maalox budget, Philip, and get some stability in my retirement? Dave, you know, risk is the thing you have to be careful of. You know, and you can give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule a financial x-ray. And go to our website, statlerfinancial.com, where you can also register. We have an event coming up on, uh, on April 13th and April 20th. You can go to our website, statlerfinancial.com, under the events tab and register there. It's great for folks that have $150,000 or more uh, in retirement assets. Uh, just a lot of good information will be coming out about taxes and retirement. So, and then this weekend, join us for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 7.30. And back here tomorrow morning with some employment news. First thing up, a thing stay on schedule. Philip, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. We'll catch you then, all right? All right, man, you have a great day. 
Thank you much. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today as we, as we wrap up the show. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, a little, not, not much news today, but hopefully you got a little bit out of it. And um, remember, remember this. There's only one thing that any of us can control within our portfolio, and that's how much risk you have. And from what I've experienced and what I've seen out there, most people don't know how much risk do they have in their current portfolio. Give us a call. Let us help you determine what that looks like for you and your portfolio. 863-382-0037. Hey, guys, have a great day. I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Bye now.